unlock local if indian food is something that gets you on the edge of your seat then you are at the right place each of these each of these koi it was soaked in uh, this liquid jaggery it just melts in your mouth it is so 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 aromatic and so tasty it has this uh, really charred burnt uh, flavor which comes from the liquid jaggery which is made in earthen pots that's arpit have you ever heard that your love takes you to places that's exactly what happened with him even though he studied mass comm he made sure that he gets himself interned in a restaurant he has an immense love for food be it cooking or eating and i think this will hold completely true for him eat like an animal and cook like a chef and with him we are going to go on an emotional roller coaster when he goes in depths to explain us bengali cuisine 1 2 3 go hey arpit welcome to unlock local hi anupur how are you doing good good um why don't you start with introducing yourself and uh, also tell us as to what got you interested in cooking all right i was born and brought up in calcutta i moved to noida for my graduation which was nowhere related to food and uh, it was actually mass comm and um, about cooking i have always been cooking i have been cooking as a child i used to sit on the kitchen slab and i used to cook and uh, yeah i can i'm i'm i've been cooking since i can remember somehow i didn't choose the right course for myself for graduation after graduation i started my own uh, home based venture called baked and burnt and i was doing some doing a lot of home cooking and i was selling sauces i was putting up stalls i was doing some catering and i even cooked for this uh, football i was a personal chef to a, to a footballer also and why did you mention his name also uh his name is diogo diogo ferreira he was a australian pro footballer for 8 years and uh, then he shifted to malaysia then he came to calcutta to play to play here for this uh, football club named uh, mohan bagan so yeah he somehow got in touch with me and i started cooking for him uh, it was a good experience and how is it cooking for him like he must have asked you to cook with very limited ingredients the challenge was that uh, he said like i could not have uh, more oil than 1 tablespoon per day and i used to go uh, twice a week to him and i used to cook 6 uh, meals in total so uh, what used to happen is that uh, i had limited amount of fat and a set amount of protein and set amount of carbs and yeah. i had to give out the maximum flavor and try different things so i once made him bhet ki paturi and that okay. was without oil and he absolutely loved it and once i made this really uh, fatless uh, galauti kebab mutton galauti kebab and he seemed to enjoy that also so i tried my best interesting because i was just about to ask you if you ever served him any bengali preparations but yeah uh, you have Yes, yes, I did. So, uh, talking about Bengali cuisine, Arpit, how would you define a typical Bengali meal? See, like commercially, if we go go out to restaurants such as Six Baligan Space, Bhojori Manna, and so on, so mm-hmm. what these places do is that they serve uh, thalis, 
and these thalis are basically served during uh, festivals or marriages but if we talk about uh, talk about a regular meal at a bengali household that could be uh, as simple as ghee bhat and uh, juri alu bhaja uh, or okay. say dal bhat and alu jhinge posto that is what we are getting out in restaurants is like we can say that it's a commercially made like it's made famous commercially like that but uh, a regular bengali household meal is very different than what we get in the restaurants so uh, so actually uh, yeah. uh, the reason i asked you this question because like you said this is what is served in a commercial kitchen or in a restaurant so to say right Right. and i've also heard that bengali meal is the closest that india has to a uh, french style meal because uh, they generally all the restaurants here they are serving in courses and um, like you said it's always served in a thal so that only got me wondering so talking about the courses that you just mentioned so what happens is uh, uh, what happens in the french french meal like you know there are different courses you get uh different plates are served with different courses of meals uh but then here in bengali cuisine it's nothing like that you have one big uh one big plate in which there are different katoris and all these katoris consist of different preparations what happens is that uh, bengalis have this tradition of starting with something bitter so uh, what they say is that uh, and the bitter preparation usually is the shukto and uh, shukto is a, a vegetable preparation flavored with panchforan and okay. various types of vegetables and it has a milky milky gravy they start with this uh, bitter thing uh, bitter bitter preparation so you cannot exactly call it a course okay so just like our typical indian scenes everything is served in a thal Yeah this is a proper thali meal mm-hmm. and uh, everything is served there bengalis usually uh, following the tradition they start with shukto okay okay and yes. then they would progress to some fish preparations and kosha mangsho yeah okay and um, like every other part of india uh, even bengal has a lot of influences that it has gone under bengali cuisine specifically like was it just the european moguls or british influences or there were more to it there was definitely there's definitely more than uh, more than that calcutta is highly influenced by the chinese calcutta is the birthplace of uh, Chi- uh, you, indian you chinese say, you mean to say bengal or calcutta bengal let's say bengal okay. actually calcutta but then uh, because the first because first when uh, the chinese people who had migrated to who who had come towards bengal it was actually in calcutta because calcutta during uh, the british during the british india it was the capital yeah. and they had uh, these chinese people had come during the industrial revolution looking for greener pastures so they Mainly settled for sugar plantations right actually not they they were uh, so they they came here to look for uh, better prospects okay. better work better better standard of living etc etc mm-hmm. so uh, they some of them started at sugar uh, started working at sugar mills some of them worked as uh, port re- uh, worked in the port area as uh, laborers uh, many of them started their own um, started their own restaurants shoe shops tanneries 
beauty salons and so on even some of them even worked as carpenters uh and uh, carpenters sorry uh, they also worked in jewelry chinese jewelry is a big thing oh so uh, yes there are they, they basically settled in three three areas in calcutta one is the bobazar area the tiretti area and the tangra uh they have uh, a morning street breakfast culture where uh, 6 o'clock all these families they they prepare food from their homes they come mm-hmm. down to the streets and they set up stalls and you have various kinds of foods available if you go early in the morning for breakfast so yeah it is it is quite interesting and it is uh, it is quite a touristy thing as well i'm sure you have been there uh yes i have yes i have i have been there and i quite enjoyed it it is a different feeling altogether you will once forget that you're in calcutta and what all did you try there i had tried uh, i had tried wontons i had tried bao and wow. i had also tried this uh, fish tui mai soup nice so basically especially kolkata has a lot of chinese influences right okay um so uh, have you have you heard about this uh, this sauce this chinese sauce brand named pochong honestly uh, never before you mentioned so okay no. okay okay you should okay really so, elaborate there yeah, yeah, yeah so uh this this chinese sauce brand name pao uh, chong p o u c h o n g so uh, it was started in 1958 by by one of the chinese immigrant uh, living in the tiretti area that pao chong sauce is now famous all over india like calcutta is the origin of indian chinese food oh this, right so these sauces have played a very big role in the indian chinese uh, food that we have today uh, yeah go ahead please no no please uh, no i was just uh, <laughs> i was just wondering that would you say that these sauces are uh, much better th- in taste than the ones served by our fmcg giants like chings del monte i would definitely prefer a pochong over del monte <laughs> I would definitely go for Pochong uh, rather than Del Monte. Del Monte, I, I, I don't want to put a bad name for any of them out there. But then uh, I would definitely uh, go for someone who has been, who are the pioneers of uh, these products. You have. I just asked you this because you have tried both, and you can really tell us which one tastes better. That's all. I, and you know it. I prefer <laughs> Pochong. <laughs> okay, okay, guys. Before we go any further, let me maybe also try to make some money from this podcast and I will catch you on the other side of this advertisement. So I can see that Kolkata did have a major influence by Chinese. Uh what about other influences like in the entire Bengal? So uh Bengal has been influenced by the Chinese, by the Nawabs, by the Christians, by the Jews, by the british yeah. uh famous dish uh, which we have in today's day which is the calcutta biryani uh, the famous calcutta biryani with aloo in it which none other biryani has is nothing but avadi biryani that happened because the last nawab of avadh whose name was uh, nawab wajid ali shah he was exiled by the british uh, here in calcutta in the metia bruz area Nawab Azad Ali Shah was 
he 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 was uh he was a big foodie he he loved his avadi food and he had a great knowledge about his food proper and, food connoisseur right and he came to calcutta uh, he brought uh, along with him he brought uh, hundreds of bawar cheese khansamas and the muscle cheese muscle cheese are uh, spice mix. spice mixes yeah yeah during his time uh the potato avadi biryani came into existence and after his death all his all his khansamas muscle cheese and bawar cheese they dissipated uh, they dissipated into the into the bengal population and they started their own restaurants and food cars, uh, food food carts all over bengal that's how we have the calcutta biryani that we have today and i think like uh, when we are talking about influences i would also like to credit the open mindedness spirit of bengalis which really merited in a lot of experimenting with the food rather than you know just sticking to a particular dogma that they might have had before ha 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 right yes that is definitely there i would also like to talk about uh, how the current uh, bengali food uh, is uh, very much uh, influenced by the videos so what happened is that uh, when we uh, remember when we spoke about uh, how we how they have a tradition of starting with something bitter correct correct so um, so shukto yeah shukto right in in the hindu patriarchal tradition vedos are not supposed to eat uh, any food which is not bitter they 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 cannot eat onion garlic meat and so on so because they are considered as heating food and they are supposed to eat a satvik uh, correct uh, lead a life like that and so on so uh, what happened is that uh, due to social and economic conditions economic conditions because uh, of course widows did not even have money they did not they were not allowed to work so with the uh, with the social right with the limited resources and the, all this uh, social conditions and uh, they these food came out of experimentation and innovation mm-hmm. uh, bengal was heavily influenced by the uh, by the moguls but then moguls used a lot of nuts dry fruits and milk products such as cream ghee uh, and so on so uh, these things are expensive and these widows did not have any uh, source to uh, get these kind of ingredients these bitter foods and all these uh, food that we see with uh, uh, cheaper ingredients came from the experimentation of the widows oh that's actually interesting i mean would we, would it be safe to say that the majority of the food that we are eating the vegetarian food that we are eating in a bengali cuisine would be uh, or is a result of this particular widow influence yes it does it does seem like it and now that we are actually talking about all the influences so the one of the things that i personally liked a lot about kolkata cuisine that it had a lot of influences influences about the earlier day food habits which can be found in old texts like vaishnav text or manasa mangal mangal kavyas and these particular texts were not specifically about food so yes yeah i mean finding all these things in text is a really great thing and also the fact that you know um, the first ever cookbook that was printed in an indian language that actually happened in um, bengal only and that was 
the name of that book was Park Rajeshwar. Oh, okay. All, yeah, and although the details of its first edition are really hard to find, but one of the king from king of Bardhaman city, Mahatab mm-hmm. Chand. So what mm-hmm. he did was he actually funded the printing of the second edition of this book, Park Rajeshwar. Mm-hmm. Oh, and okay, obvi- okay. obviously he was also big food connoisseur, and. Oh, okay. uh, he also got another cookbook printed in a few years which was called byanjan ratnakar and right. um, that was actually a compilation of all the recipes by niyamat khan who was uh, who was handling the culinary duties in shah jahan's kitchen and that oh, okay okay essentially included like just imagine 18 20 types of kebabs 18 20 types of khaliya recipes just imagine getting access to these books that will be that will be quite a achievement i think that will be yeah. uh, that will be the biggest asset to a chef i think <laughs> seriously uh, seriously uh, just talking about khaliyas i've seen that a lot of fish khaliyas or i think you also call it kaliya yes bengalis commonly call it kaliya okay so a lot of fish kaliyas are made um, what all are the types of fishes that you generally use the mughlai kalia and the bengali kalia there is a there is a uh, major difference uh, because the mughals use a lot of milk in the cooking uh, of this okay. gravy uh, whereas uh, bengalis don't machir kalia is always made with a made with a paka fish paka fish is a matured fish Achha, and okay. that would yeah and that would only be a freshwater carp and freshwater carp such as uh, the commonly available freshwater carps in calcutta are uh, in bengal are uh, katla and rohu yeah yeah so these are the fishes mostly used for making kalia it's basically uh, fried onion onion ginger along with uh, khada masala and uh, it is of, uh, usually finished with uh, yogurt and it's very uh, it's a, it's a brown dark brownish gravy it's very aromatic it's very flavorful and i guess a copious amount of ghee also ah yes of course yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, moving on to our next segment uh, i feel that's a very important one even though like we say that west bengal and east bengal cuisine has a lot of similarities but um, mm-hmm. they are completely chalk and cheese so why don't you highlight the difference with that so the first difference that comes uh, comes here is that uh, east bengal was both side of the bengals were uh, influenced by the mughals yeah but then later on uh, west bengal was influenced by avadh so uh, the main difference where uh, which came in was beef and lamb so east bengals uh east bengalis they eat a lot of beef whereas the west bengalis they uh, eat a lot of lamb this is the first difference that comes in then uh, we we'll call it difference but uh, like we have uh, like bengalis have a lot of uh, curries and a lot of preparations east bengalis have this have this preparation called bhorta bhorta is nothing but a mash and like uh, right and they have more than 2025 varieties of bhartas and these bhartas can be made out of pointed gourd bitter gourd bengan aloo 
so on. Like there are various, various kinds of bhartas and they really enjoy their bhartas. Uh, whereas Bengal, does, West Bengal does not really have a bharta culture in food. Okay. And I've also uh, read somewhere, it was a statement by Bangladeshi um, journalist. So she was saying that West Bengalis, I think we should also mm-hmm. mention that people from Bangladesh, they are called uh, Banglas and people from, West, yeah, people from West Bengal, they are called Gotis. So right. that's what I read. Like the Gotis, like, even if they are making a fish curry, mm-hmm. they prefer that the fish is uh, fried. While the Banglas mm-hmm. like raw fish in their curries. Um, I wasn't aware of that. Hmm. Okay. Let's move on to our next segment in that case. I've seen the work of famous food historian Preetha Singh. Mm-hmm. She's bringing a lot of awareness about the rice varieties that are found in mm-hmm. Bengal. And mm-hmm. she's majorly working on um, Bengali food only. So, hmm. just wanted to know from you that what all rice varieties that you have come across or some particular rice that's being used in a dish, particular dish. So, the rice that I know of is uh, from childhood, I've been eating only one rice, which is Gobindu Bhog rice. And that's the most famous one. And yeah, and that's the most famous one. And I have not, and honestly, I cannot eat any other rice apart from Gobindu Bhog rice. Of course, really? I can eat. But then I really don't enjoy like uh, that is home. That is home for me. Gobindu Bhog rice along with uh, alu bhaja and dal is home for me. It's the perfect definition of home for me. And apart from that, there's one more rice that I've come across is uh, called Kanakchur. Kanakchur rice is a rice uh, which is used to make uh, Joynogarir Moa. And Joynogarir Moa, if you know, is... Bengal is one of the most famous dishes and uh, Joynagar Moa also has a GI tag. Oh, okay. Right. And uh, actually Joynagar Moa is made with a thing called Khoi. Khoi is nothing but puffed rice, but usually puffed rice is made with polished rice. But uh, here, uh, for in case of, in, in case of Khoi, uh, puffed rice is made uh, when the rice is inside the husk itself. Okay, so that's the main difference here. Yeah, and that gives a that gives it uh, that gives it a very uh, earthy and very uh, grassy flavor, and also has this very uneven texture on the surface. This khoi is used to make joynogar moa, and it is not joynogar moa until unless this khoi is made out of kanakchur rice. And okay. uh, yes, and, and the it GI is, tag. yes, and it is very, very aromatic. And the first time I was introduced to Joynogar Moa was probably two years ago, and I totally fell in love with it. And I cannot go back now. Once you've eaten it, nobody can go back. Like it is something. It, it's a life changer. Believe me. I think you should explain in your own style. Like when you put it in your mouth, oh ho ho, wala style. <laughs> I think I remember you telling me the story that first time you tried Joy Nogarer Moa was the time when um, uh, somebody came to you, to your dad, to get the GI tag for it. Isn't that the same time? Uh, yes. So my father takes, uh, he takes care of these uh, patent trademarks and uh, GI tags and so on. This person uh, from Joy Nogar 
and apparently the original maker uh, his ancestors had made uh, Joynagar Moa and uh, he had came to us seeking help that's when that's what that was that was the first time i actually tried Joynagar Moa because here in calcutta uh, there are hawkers everywhere selling Joynagar Moa during the winters and, and that's, that's an authentic one no that's actually not uh, yeah. people make anywhere and call it joynagar moa which is legally not correct after mm-hmm. uh, after they having the gi tag but then uh, it is what it is so yeah, yeah. Uh, so i've always heard joynagar moa because uh, these hawkers always used to scream uh, on the streets uh, saying joynagar moa joynagar moa joynagar moa but then i always had this thing that you know ah uh, what is it i don't want to eat it like you know it i don't know it happens sometimes when you hear something so many times uh, you just don't uh, give too much attention to it and uh, correct, correct. So, so i i really never had a thing and it somehow it did not sound very appetizing and very attractive so uh, never really gave attention to it but then uh, that particular day when that person came to my father he brought along a lot of a few a few boxes of joynagar moa and uh, since uh, i mean i i i usually try everything it's not it's not that i don't try i look at something and i don't try it so i gave Fell it a shot and that thing just blew my mind it was so good each of these each of these koi it was soaked in uh, this liquid jaggery it just melts in your mouth it is so 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 aromatic and so tasty it has this uh, really charred burnt uh, flavor which comes from the liquid jaggery which is made in earthen pots so uh, it's these liquid jaggery is actually uh, date palm jaggery so uh, which is, is really is that the same thing as uh, nolan gourd yeah it's actually a uh, nolan gourd and it is uh, only available during the winters hence okay. joynagar moa is also available during the winters okay the next time we are meeting you are getting it for sure 100% <laughs> okay i think we have already started with sweets and uh, let's take it from there only So mm-hmm. just when I was studying for this episode I came to know that Bengal was also called Gaurdesh or Gordesh in ancient times I I might be wrong with the pronunciation because uh-huh. that's something coming from Gurd and okay, okay. um okay. we really can't leave the episode of Bengal without really talking about the sweets here and, Definitely you uh, cannot Yes and though there are a lot of chana based sweets which are pretty famous in bengal and rest of the india also but mm-hmm. i've seen that there are a lot of there was definitely a sweet culture that bengal had even before chana came into picture so mm-hmm. would you tell us about a few non chana based dishes one of them is again joynagar moa so uh, talking about the non chana uh, sweets i have mm-hmm. uh, the one which i have come across is called uh, mihidana so mihidana is uh, like really 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 small boondis and the major difference between a traditional boondi and a bengali uh, mihidana is that uh, rice flour is used along with besan and it has this really gelatinous texture to it and it is really 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 very small 
and uh, various kinds of dishes are made out of mehdana there is mehdana paish there is mehdana rabdi there is there is baked mehdana nowadays baked mehdana yeah so what they do is they put mehdana in uh, rabdi and they bake the whole thing together and the top part is slightly charred and oh my god it is it is a really it is really amazing it is uh, i'm salivating okay <laughs> yeah arip uh, it is uh, a very big thing here and uh, apart from the baked mehdana uh, they also have uh, baked rasgulla nowadays and uh, i am sure if you have that you will definitely forget a basic uh, malai chamcham or something like that or e- even ras malai for that matter uh it is yeah uh, rasmalai i am not really a big fan but if you are saying that they have started with baked rasgulla also then that's going to be a winner yeah like because uh, some people i i know they they are like big fans of rasmalai whenever they say rasmalai they go bonkers and i'm like boss <laughs> boss what are you eating like this is nothing boss come to calcutta i'll make you eat baked rasgulla you'll go nuts yeah if if you give me the permission i can start talking about a little bit of these chana based yeah yeah please go ahead so the most famous let's talk about rasgulla rasgulla apparently is actually not from calcutta it was uh, originated in odisha it was brought in it was made famous by this man named nobin chandra das again nobin chandra das started making it uh, in a in a different way because the odisha rasgulla it's very dense the uh, the syrup in which uh, these uh, chana balls are doused are also is also very thin uh, usually uh, the odisha rasgulla syrup is uh, 1 is to 1 ratio uh, sugar and water ratio is 1 is to 1 whereas the uh, sugar syrup ratio in uh, the calcutta like the bengal uh, the bengali rasgulla sugar syrup ratio is uh, 2 is to 10 <clears throat> oh okay that yes. is not very sweet yeah, yeah it's very yeah. very thin and it's not very sweet and mm-hmm. um, Yeah so this is the basic difference between the Odisha rasgulla and Bengal rasgulla and uh, Nobin Chandra Das started making it uh, during somewhere around 1868 there was a man there was a Marwari businessman uh, his name was Bhagwan Das Bagla he had some function with his house and he ordered a large large amount of rasgullas and that's how it really really got famous and people started uh, eating a lot of rasgullas that time and that's how the rasgulla is what it is today yeah and so yep. huh. yeah, yeah please please go ahead no i just wanted to know uh, if so all over india we have a, a sweet shop by the name kesi das so yes. i just wondered like uh, is it from the same lineage of nobin chandra das or uh, some other uh, family i think it is uh from nobin chandra das's family itself ah uh, okay i just read it up and uh, yeah it is by his son only ha ah, right yeah yeah you would you say that uh, this the tradition of chana was actually started or uh, taught to us by portuguese because i've read that uh, the curdling of milk that entire process was considered a taboo in hindu religion mm-hmm. so 
uh, I guess uh, it was brought in by Portuguese and uh, uh, they took in a lot of uh, local people to do their work. And that's when those locals must have experimented with the local cuisine and the Portuguese style. Honestly, I cannot say, I cannot, uh, I cannot comment on this matter because there are claims uh, from Odisha also because mm-hmm. uh, they say that uh, there are various texts that mention that there was Roshagulla during the time of uh, Lord Jagannath also. And there are texts oh. that say that there was Chana during the, uh, during the 15th century as well. Okay, okay. Uh, talking about chana and uh, the curdling of milk, I've seen that Bengal also has a few indigenous cheeses of its own. There and the names are so Bandal and uh, Kalimpong cheese. I think you have at least tried Kalimpong cheese. I've actually tried both. At the uh, I oh even could, better. Tell us about yeah. Those. Bandal cheese is nothing but smoked paneer, salted smoked paneer. Okay. So uh, what they do is that. They take paneer, they they make little uh, discs out of it. It's like a one inch thick uh, with two inches in diameter. It's like a small disc and uh, it's small disc of paneer. And it is it is soaked in salt water for better preservation. And then it is smoked. Okay. And that's about it. There are two versions of bandel cheese. One is smoked and is one one is the non-smoked one. I think we can uh, use it in uh, place of feta cheese. What's it? Um, Considering the salty taste. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, it was very paneery. It was very. Uh, it wasn't very soft. You had to chew it between your teeth. Those granules okay. are very chewy. It's it's proper paneer. There's uh, no difference in paneer texture and bandel cheese texture. Uh, bandel cheese texture. Then uh, talking about Kalimpong cheese. Kalimpong cheese comes from a small hill station in West Bengal called Kalimpong. It is actually started by a, started by a city returner. Sikkim guy. He, he, yeah, he, uh, he was actually working at, a, uh, working at a media firm and then he went back to his hometown and he started making this cheese. Actually, he started a dairy, uh, dairy farm first and he started with paneer and with a lot of experimentation, this cheese came into existence. This cheese is actually divine i love this cheese and i'm really proud that a person from india itself is making some cheese which is so good and he is passionate about making this a big thing and uh, this cheese is nowhere less than a very good aged cheddar or a aged gouda gouda it, yeah 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 it it definitely uh match not even i think it exceeds the taste of a good gouda or a good uh aged cheddar nice and it is made from cow's milk only right yes it's made from it's made from cow's milk in fact it is uh grass-fed cow's milk and i had the opportunity to make uh, a lot of my sauces out of uh, out of kalimpong cheese i used to sell alfredo uh in i used to uh, bottle alfredo and sell it and uh, I used to use Kalimpong in my Alfredo. And people, <laughs> Loved people it. were big fans of it. People were big fans of it. And I never let my secret out. I just told them, yeah, it's just cheddar. <laughs> and you are telling them now. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's okay. Great, man. I, I, I really want to get my hands onto this cheese now. But do we find it anywhere else in India? Apart from Kolkata or Bengal? I'm not sure this uh, if they uh, 
like they when have uh, they have a distribution chain or not but uh, mm-hmm. in calcutta also very few places it's available uh, there are a few small uh, like few distributors who specifically keep uh, kalimpong cheese all right arpit i think we are towards the end of our episode but just wanted to ask you in the end that is there anything else that you would want to highlight as a local and something that an outsider won't be aware of mm-hmm. yes of course i can uh, mention a few things i'm sure everyone has uh, heard about a lot of bengali street food uh, everyone has oh, heard yes. about yes how can we miss out that <laughs> yes so uh, everyone has heard about the famous puchka heard about the famous rolls by the which, which we are not supposed to say kolkata kathi roll if we are in kolkata yes you should Only never rolls. ever call it kathi roll in cal if you are in calcutta <laughs> you will definitely be recognized as an outsider so uh, okay. yeah people are, people know about puchkas people know about rolls people know about mughlai parathas jhalmuri uh, cutlets fries uh fish fries uh, and so on but uh, there are few of these uh, street foods that people are not very aware of like uh, if you go to the south calcutta region you will find these uh, puchkawalas have uh, aludam okay like a simple aludam dish which is uh, served like in a boiled a- potato No, it is aludam. It is a proper preparation in a very spicy gravy, onion-based spicy gravy. And okay. uh, I, uh, I'm not sure if it is onion. I'm really sorry. Uh, I don't think it is onion, but it is a very spicy gravy. I am. I couldn't get a hang of how it is made, but I really love it. Uh, so what they do is, it is not hot or anything. It is cold. They they already have it pre-prepared from their homes. They uh, bring it in. Uh, big uh, uh, big pots and uh, what they do is they pick up and these are not these big uh, big potatoes cut into small pieces they are these are these uh, small tiny potatoes what they do is they uh, they they serve it in these small uh, plates made out of uh, dried leaves and they top it with uh, tamarind tamarind juice chutney not chutney it's not ta- it's not chutney it's tamarind juice and uh, it is Uh, some some salt and a little bit of masala you just have and they usually give a toothpick along with it oh my god if you ever eat it you're going to like it is a different kind of a chaat it is it is uh, it is almost like a chaat because you have this and it is cold and uh, it is a really different uh, different experience altogether then uh, apart from the aludam we also have you know this, why uh, i asked you that question that whether it is boiled aloo or not because you said all the puchka wala guys keep it with them and uh, that's what got me wondering like why would they actually serve a curry along with puchka i really don't know how this came along and uh, yeah it is really really good and i would really recommend that uh, whosoever comes to calcutta he or she should definitely try it so uh, apart from this uh, aludam uh, i'm not sure if everybody has if anybody knows uh, i think it's very specific to calcutta it is called ghoti goram uh, ghoti goram is uh, no any other guesses ghoti only mutton comes to my mind no so uh, ghoti goram is nothing but uh, bhujia what aloo bhujia 
नो इट इज बेसन का भुजिया जो दैट राजस्थानी भुजिया बेसिकली नो इट्स नॉट स्पाइसी इट इज अगेन आई एम नॉट श्योर आई थिंक दे यूज सम अदर दाल ऑल्सो नॉट एग्जैक्टली श्योर अबाउट इट but then uh, this bhujia is served along with a little bit of cornflakes little bit of uh, peanuts okay it's like a chaat basically it's a chaat but then the most interesting part about it is that they don't use any for the sourness to to add sourness to it what they do is they do not add any nimbu or any tamarind juice to it what they add is uh, a common a locally found uh, this fruit is called amra and amra is like a green colored small round fruit and it has the seeds of it has uh, a lot of uh, thorns all around it mm-hmm. and uh, the main flesh of the fruit is very khatta it's very sour so what they do is they have this amra chopped in really finely chopped and kept in a bowl and they use that for sourness again this this ghoti goram is again so different and it is it, it it is a different experience altogether and it makes up a great chakna uh, when we are like having some alcohol yeah yeah uh, i'm sure and and i'm salivating right now thinking <laughs> about ghoti goram there's ghoti goram and aludom uh, and there are various other things and i think it will be really late Uh, I think I'll overshoot your time, so yeah, yeah. Shall continue this in the next episode. Yeah, maybe episode. what we can do is we can do a separate episode only on street food because I can see that there is a lot to talk about, and we won't be able to do it in just this episode. Awesome, Arpit! Thank you so much for joining in and sharing all your knowledge of Bengali food. Yeah it was a great and fun session I hope our listeners find it informative too Thank you so much for having me and giving me this opportunity although I'm not a great uh, Bengali food connoisseur but uh, I really tried my best to give out whatever I have and uh, looking forward to more of these sessions Sure thing hoping for that too Camera <laughs> che So tell me what's your choice guys rasmalai or baked rasgulla didn't you just love the way arpit explains food you should definitely go and check out his insta page at the rate baked and burnt which is also the name of his home run brand and maybe if you are in kolkata try to place him some order maybe dm him and trust me on this you will see some art there like not in the products but definitely in the products but also on his insta page and also maybe try to look for pouchong sauces when you go to a grocery store next i'm going to do that too or whenever you go to a bengali restaurant next you will now know why is shukta served first and what's the story behind it and yeah ask your bengali friends to get you some joynagar mua till the time you can travel yourself there until next time Ta-da!